Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. Today we are diving into all things leadership and where that's going to go, we are not quite sure. Um, but I think it's a really interesting topic. It's something that certainly has been on my heart to speak more about recently. And I know that Erin has got lots of wisdom to share around her thoughts on where leadership needs to be moving towards. So it'll be an interesting discussion and hopefully you will take lots away from it. If you're not following us, if you haven't subscribed, please make sure you do that. Feel free to share our podcast with your friends, family and anyone you think might benefit from it. And we would love for you to leave us a review. But before we kick off about the discussion of all things leadership, Erin, how are you, my friend? I am very well. Thank you very much. Um, If I could feel my fingers and toes, I'd be a whole lot better. But, you know, I live in Dunedin, so I can't. Um, Yeah, no, I'm great. I'm excited by this topic. Um, I'm excited by what you bring to this topic. And for me, I think the interesting thing is that, you know, we talk about leadership quite a lot, actually. uh, And, you know, we talk about the ways that we can show up and the ways that we can make contributions and, and that sort of stuff. And what's interesting for me is that, it is very much a lived, breathing, evolving beast within our business because as we go, we learn things that we then integrate into our own work. And um, and so it's, a, it's a, a really interesting topic. And if we recorded this in six months time, I'm sure we would come up with a very different conversation. But, you know, we haven't preconceived anything for this one. So we'll see what happens. But um, excited, excited. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm still... Um... I'm still enjoying the thought of seeing the photograph as you leave the country with your two, <laughs> your your four little backpacks that you are currently believing that you're going to leave the country with, I have to say. We, uh, just to give you a bit of context, we were just talking about, you know, um, travelling and going overseas and all of that. And Aaron was like, oh, you know, I think I might need to just take an extra bag for, you know, check on because to fit my work stuff in, where am I you know, going to put my microphones? And um, I was like, oh, just check it in. Oh, no, no, we're not taking any check luggage. And honestly, my face would have been, I wish we could have, I, what? You're not taking check luggage? What mm-hmm. is wrong with you? 
with you. <laughs> it's been, yeah. it's very, very. I Jaw to love, the floor. It was totally like that. But I have said I want to photograph when they do leave um, so that I can um, just check how many bags are really going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll check them and then I'll take a picture. I'll be like, look. Yeah, no, I'm going to the airport to make sure you'll be flying out of Christchurch anyway. So. No, we're flying out of Auckland, but um, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely you know something that we are constantly thinking about and working through is um that idea, and you know it's it's interesting. I think as people who you know we've been in this home for ten years and we've got an established life here, and so it's um it's interesting to think about the possibility of just leaving all of that behind and only taking the absolute necessities uh, to get us through. And um, yeah, I mean, we may be kidding ourselves. We may not. We'll see. Um, The whole point of this adventure is that we challenge ourselves to be different and to experience different things and check in with what really matters. So we'll watch this space. (laughs) I'll post it on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. And I will be very supportive of whatever you choose, although I'm now going to start mm. sending you things that I want you to take with you <laughs> that are going to involve checked luggage. <laughs> Just I, to be I'd expect nothing less. <laughs> anyway, so we digress. You know, I'm here <laughs> fully supportive. Leadership. So I think, first of all, I think it's really interesting to think about what leadership means because for me, I get the sense that a lot of women struggle with the word leader. And I mean, that's a lot of society stuff because we've basically been told for generations that men are the only leaders of any value, um, except for the odd few women who have you know, either shouted loudly enough or have done enough things that have benefited the men that they've gone, Meh, OK, they might be um, they might be OK as leaders. But I think it, it really challenges a lot of women because we don't necessarily want to take on the behaviours and traits that are seen as valuable to leaders because they don't feel necessarily very nice or they feel a little bit challenging to to really authentically stand in but at the same time they know that they want to make change and be a part of leading so it's kind of it almost feels like this slight challenge in understanding which you know what a leader really is so I was just doing some reading this morning because I was up at some ungodly hour because my husband goes to the gym at like 5am and I was reading and I found it really interesting that a leader is someone who provides inspiration and a manager is someone who provides direction because I think the two kind of get a bit confused at work sometimes and I thought it was a really interesting um, way of looking at it and I love that idea of the leader being the inspiration because I think that allows for both masculine behaviors and feminine behaviors to come united and like be amazing Mm. but what are your thoughts on leadership well I mean I think that's a very aspirational kind of um, definition isn't it because I think most people combine the two and find it very difficult to separate them I mean I guess for me I do think a lot of women struggle with the concept of leadership you're right I think the majority of women in leadership positions historically have either been particularly masculine in their behaviors or have been capable of being manipulated by the men around them. Right. You see that a lot where they go up and they're like the token woman, but actually their opinion is not even included as part of the decision-making process. They're just the figurehead. um, And it's easier to ask someone to follow someone in a tight skirt and heels because they take smaller steps. So I think that, you know, leadership historically has been something that is is really, it challenges people in, in the way that they perceive 
things, I think. Um, and we're not conditioned to see a leader as someone who isn't outside of the herd. Um, we're not conditioned to believe that someone can lead from a, um, a collaborative space or from the same level as the collective. Um, it's very much that patriarchal hierarchy kind of concept where if they're not above you, they can't lead you forward. And I think that is changing. I think we are seeing that change. I think there are some really powerful women in the world who are, are creating shifts in that direction, um, but we still have so far to go, I think. Yeah, you're so right. It's it was funny. I was doing, like I said, I was doing some reading this morning, and I was looking up, you know, different types of leadership, and it just transported me back to my degree, and you know, having to learn all this stuff in business, and you know, the autocratic leader who you know basically just tells you what to do, and you do as you're told, and, and, and there's no <laughs> there's no arguing. And I think that's probably been the the leadership style for the longest, um, but it's probably been in the last. Yeah, you know, the last fifty years, I, I I guess things have really started to to change. There's been that uh, a more of a shift to that um, that more democratic, that more inclusive, that more collaborative approach to leadership. But there's still always been that you know somebody has to make the decision at the end of the day, which you know I, I do I do agree with somebody that there does need to be that. But at the same time, if we can start to be more open to people bringing more of themselves to any sort of space and being heard that just for me seems like such an amazing opportunity because people don't speak up and don't share what they think because they don't feel like they're valued because they don't feel like their opinion matters and what we've been discovering and what we've been talking about lots recently with all of the things that are going on in the world is that there is no one solution to the problem like there is not one answer and actually, we need leadership to start to be more understanding of that and to be more inclusive of that. And that's not to say that don't make a decision, because that drives me bloody mad as well when people don't make a decision or don't actually move forward. Like, you know, not making a decision is making a decision, as, as we've said in the past. But to be able to be more open to listening to different people's points of view with like real listening, like active listening, we call it in, in coachy speak, and then, you know, reflective listening and all of these different types, but actually being able to really listen to what people are saying, I just think would be really beneficial, not only to allow us to hear more points of view and, and get a better feel for what, you know, the, the masses are really, you know, connecting to, but also for those people to feel listened to. I mean, we all know that the good leaders that we've had in our life you know I, I was incredibly lucky when I was working in cricket to have a CEO who was exceptional he was he was ex-military so there was a there, there could have been quite a an autocratic approach to um to his leadership but but actually he was incredible he was he listened he made everyone feel included he made everyone feel valued at the same time was willing to steer the ship and and you know let us know which direction we needed to go in but it was it was a very different type of management leadership style that I'd had or seen in many other ways there was much more inclusivity and I think that's probably where I believe leadership needs to get to it needs to be more inclusive we need to be willing to let people speak 
and not feel threatened by what they're saying, not feel triggered by it, but at the same time, not be afraid to say, great, you know, that's fantastic. That's your opinion. However, we are going to go in this direction. Mm -hmm. Because even just being able to to hear as as someone to follow, I would love to be able to, you know, know that I was heard. But at the same time, I also want to know that the people who are leading are are making those decisions and taking taking us forward. Does does that make sense? It does make sense. I think it's the difference between empowered leadership and disempowered leadership, right? Um, I think when we are in a position of empowered leadership, um, we empower those around us as well as ourselves. Um, and you know, yes, it, in terms of making decisions, sometimes it's just not possible for it to be collective. Sometimes it has to be one person, you know, ticking the box saying, yep, this is my signature. The buck stops with me on this. But I think empowering people to bring the best of themselves to the table and um, and being willing to hear what other people bring to the table, that's really um, what I think leadership is becoming. Um, historically, I think it's been disempowered. I think it's been about, I'm going to take your power away from you um, because I'm afraid that my power is going to be taken from me. And um, and I think that probably speaks to the core of what we do a lot of the time with our, with our clients is that we're talking a lot about um, being in a space of being firm in your own power and allowing that to empower the people around you rather than needing to take their power in order to feel powerful. Um, and I don't think leaders, uh, particularly in business probably, because that's the where we see the really toxic masculine um, structures, I think. And politics. <laughs> and politics. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> politics is an animal all of its own. Um, but I think the um, I think it's really important to recognize that actually like we do we do need to move to a place where people are empowered to lead rather than going into a space where they disempower everyone around them. Mm-hmm. You know, taking power from someone else doesn't give me any more power at all. Um, it just means they've got less which means they're not going to bring the best, which means that we're going to end up with a lesser result than we could have had otherwise. And um, and I think that's, if we can come with that mindset, then that's when we get into that space of really awakened leadership, that real conscious leadership. Um, and, and that's what I think the paradigm shift we're seeing start is, but I think we've still got a long way to go before that's the accepted norm. What do you think of the, the biggest challenges in you know letting awakened leadership that that conscious leadership rise to the top what do you think is really holding that back i mean it chal- it challenges the uh you know we joke about the middle-aged white man but it challenges the middle-aged white man <laughs> um <laughs> we live in a society that has been conditioned to very much have a single source of truth you know, and we've talked about this many, many times, whether it's in religion, whether it's in politics, whatever, um, it's it's rare. And we're, we're starting to see swing voting happening a bit more these days, but only because the two sort of like in a bipartisan environment, um, we're starting to see them come closer to the centre. I think the challenge is that we have, you know, for a long time believed that what we believe cannot be changed, cannot be moved. And if we move it, it's a sign of weakness, right? And so we, we're conditioned to believe that whatever we stand in, we have to stand in forever and we have to die on that hill. And I don't believe that that's true. 
And I think we're starting to see people step up and say, actually, I'm okay with being proven that my truth wasn't as firm as I thought it was. I'm okay with being challenged. It doesn't threaten me. And I think some of that comes from we are the children, effectively, of the civil rights movement, of the gay rights movement, the feminist movement. We are the children that are are benefiting from that. And we're now starting to get into the positions of power where we can actually come from a place of understanding that what they've done has laid the platform for us to enact change. What are your thoughts? I love what you said there about how people see changing your mind as weakness. And it's so it's so interesting, isn't it, that, that people think that. And to be honest, you know, I, I completely subscribe to that for many, many years. Um, you know, if you change your mind or if you changed your your view on something then you weren't convicted in it enough in the first place so you've you know you're weak for not a getting it right in the first place or b for changing your mind and not you know being solidly behind it but just imagine if that wasn't the case just imagine that wasn't the way people thought that if they got a point of view challenged they were able to take it on and listen to it and be like okay that's interesting Maybe, maybe I do believe a bit more of that, or maybe I still stand firm in, in what I'm doing. But that sense that that changing your mind is weak has got to. I mean, I wrote a blog about it. You know, why does different have to mean bad? Like, why can't we just have different points of view? Why can't we change our mind? Why can't we be able to to do all of these things? Because surely it shows a growth and an evolution and an expansion if we're able to do that. It mm. means that we're actually willing to explore what we want in the world and that has got to be a good thing but again that challenges that that challenges that single source of truth though yeah yeah well you know my thoughts on that there isn't one single source source of truth so that's not probably but you know again I probably spent quite a lot of time thinking there was you know I, I and it has been just trying to think what's made it easier to to not feel threatened by by other opinions and I think it's as I've as I've been more open to listening to them, I think I've become more okay with with us not all being the same. Does that make sense? I think for a really long time, I felt that if someone didn't have the same point of view or things like that, then maybe we weren't, that is that, you know, seeking people who are similar to you, I suppose. If they, if we had too many things different, then perhaps there wasn't enough of a common denominator for us to be friends or stuff like that. And I think what I've learned as I've started to explore it a bit more is it's really interesting spending time with people who don't necessarily think the same as you or understand things in the same way. And we had a lovely challenge the other day, me and a good friend when we were trying to say a word and she said it totally differently to me. And I was like, well, I don't know about that. And it was really, <laughs> it was really funny, just something very silly, but we were able to, you know, explore it and I'm still think I was right. Yeah, but, you know, well, it bothered you so much you had to check with me, yeah. I did. And <laughs> annoyingly, you said it the same way she did. So I was like, oh, maybe I am wrong, but actually it doesn't matter. Well, and I think that's what was, that was the change for me was that it actually didn't matter to me, whereas the old me would have been like, nope, I'm going to find enough evidence. And my old housemates in London will, will tell you this. I used to, my um, great friend Sharpie, he he was an only child. I'm an elder sibling of three, so I'm very used to being in charge and bossing people around. He was not used to that. We became like siblings living together, and he would make some sort of outlandish statement or say something that I knew wasn't right. And I would then basically evidence gather 
until I could prove him wrong in every possible way, <laughs> mainly because it was kind of fun to do. But it was that was very much a trait of, of me. It was like, right, I'm going to prove that I've got this absolutely right. And now I be and I can feel myself going into it. And then I'm like, oh, it's that, you know, if you'll hopefully you'll have listened to our podcast last week about authentic versus aspirational values. Just check in. Is that something that I, I want to push at the moment? No, because it's not really, it's not actually what I really value. So, but when it comes to leadership. We need the people at the top. We need the leaders, the, the people who are standing in power to be able to say, actually, you know, what? maybe I did get that wrong. Maybe there is a different way of doing this. What's interesting, though, is that I still notice at both of us using that concept of right and wrong. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that has to change, right? So what leaders, do we call it? <laughs> well, but leaders know that there isn't a single pathway to success right? The end result might look the same no matter how you get there, but there's not one single pathway to get there, right? And so just because you've gone down one way, it might be the scenic route, you might take a little bit longer, doesn't make it the wrong pathway mm. or the right pathway, yeah. right? And I think that's the key to a, a really conscious, awakened leader is that they know they have firm faith in the fact that there is no such thing as right or wrong. There is only different and different isn't bad, mm. right? We've, we've been so conditioned in that black and white concept of if it's not right, it's wrong. If it's yeah. not wrong, it's right. If it's not good, it's bad, right? Like we have to get out of that construct and we have to get into a construct of there are many different ways for want of a better phrase, to skin a cat. Which right? is such a weird phrase when you think about it's it. It's <laughs> disgusting. And I actually am not convinced that there is lots of different ways to skin a cat, but that's beside the point. Um, I think like there are many, many, many different pathways to success. And, you know, you have to, you have to be willing to look at the strengths and the weaknesses of everyone involved in getting that journey happening. Um, because that will determine whether a path is going to be an easier path or a harder path. No, they're not right or wrong, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's where we see leadership that requires fluidity and it requires flexibility and it requires openness and creativity. And those are all really feminine traits, mm. right? So it is about bringing in some feminine, but it still requires structure and activation and taking action and decisiveness, and that is masculine. So we have to come with the concept, I think, successful leadership is when you know what, what part of yourself to bring forward and what part of yourself to, to step back and allow someone else to come forward. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the, the biggest challenge for a lot of people in leadership positions is that that's not how leadership has been sold. And it has been shown that if you step back or if you allow someone to come in over the top, that that's a threat and you have to kill it. Yeah. Right. And that's not, I don't think that's ever going to help us move forward. Yeah. It's, uh, and I mean, you know, my thoughts on good and bad and left and right and all, all of the, uh, <laughs> the, the things that we are conditioned to, to believing. So I love that you sort of reflect that back to me. It's, it is a really interesting change and it's an interesting time 
to be witnessing leadership around the world in different places, the vitriol that is spouted towards leaders who people don't like, Mm. I just find incredible and feel like there must be a better use of time but that may be just because I'm really fucking busy um, and I don't have time to do it myself. But I, I, I do think that that good and bad piece is so true. Like it's either you're on my side or you're on the other side. Yeah. It's like, you're yeah, either my, all... you're on my side or you're wrong. Yeah. You're on my yeah, side exactly. or you're bad, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. And it's so, it's so awful that that's where we're at, but it's, it's so divisive. And I think that's, what's really interesting with, um, you know, witnessing what's gone on over here and around the world with mandates, what we're witnessing in the US with um, rights around abortion and, you know, it looks like it's going to expand in God only knows which way. If we could start to, if the leaders, if the people at the top could start to just be a bit more willing to lead by example almost, like be open to other points of view be open to backpedaling be open to going back and saying you know what actually um that that might have been where we were going but you know we've taken on board what everybody in the fucking world is telling us and realized it's not the right way um or even just checking in with the values and making sure that that they are right and and for me that's where leadership um you know authentic leadership is having the self-awareness to be able to know when you're on the right path and also to know when you're perhaps on a slightly harder path Mm. or going completely in the wrong direction and then it's being able to being able to internalize and understand what it means if you turn around you know and to be able to be okay with turning around and, and changing your mind and letting people know that that's okay because at the end of the day if leaders are inspirational if if they're what they people are looking at and being inspired by then they've got to be showing the traits and the behaviors that we want more people to have. So being a leader is a really, really responsible role, mainly because people follow you and, and believe what you do and, and behave in manners according to what, how you behave. Yeah. So I think, I don't think people realize the level of responsibility sometimes that comes with being a leader but at the same time, the responsibility to themselves to show up authentically is really important. It's it's a really interesting subject. Yeah, I, I, I'm conscious of time, so I don't want to dive into something too deeply just now. But um, I do want to ask, given what you've just said, do you think that everybody is capable of being a leader? Or do you think that it requires a certain type of person? Because I think we've been sold the story for a long, long time that only certain types of people can lead. But I'm not convinced that's true. I don't believe that's true at all. I think like anything you can learn in, you know, we can learn literally anything we want to. And I think there are probably people who naturally have that charisma and that personality that, you know, sort of people connect to slightly easier than than others whether that's down to nature versus nurture or or that's a whole nother question but there will be some people who naturally people follow but I do believe it's a skill that anyone can learn and if you want to lead then all you need to do is be able to stand in who you are and be willing to 
you know, let that shine. I think we get so caught up with leadership having to be somebody, you know, running a country or running a global organisation or actually we can all be leaders. We can be leaders within our home, within our friendship group. And actually you don't have to have one leader. You can all be leading together. And I think that's one of the big differences between the patriarchal systems that we've been brought up with versus the way that perhaps we could we could live by, which yeah. is much more collaborative and, and having more than the one person at the top. Yeah, I think that paradigm shift around what a leader is and does, um, I think that is the key to answering that question um, based on what you've just said, is that if, if we accept that leadership is a much broader um, and much more open and receptive role than we've been sold in the past, anyone can do it. Mm. Um, How exciting is that? That's, I can't wait to see, you know, the people who are coming through and who are going to step up and and yeah. there's a lot of activism sort of being you know talked about in hushed voices well actually not in particularly hushed voices but people who perhaps would have thought activism was one thing have suddenly started to say actually no I really believe that and I'm going to say my piece and that in itself is activism and we need those activists to be leaders so that we can start to you know really make some change in the world and then my dream of it not being um the patriarchal misogynistic um space that it currently is for when my children grow up might actually happen so uh, there we go that's the that's well, the goal something to strive for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a mountain but i'm willing to climb it <laughs> cool thanks for the conversation it's been a, again we weren't quite sure where it was going to go hopefully you found it interesting if you're listening to it let us know what are your thoughts what makes a good leader can anyone lead um we would love to hear from you keep in touch review give us some stars all of the usual stuff and we will see you again next week thanks for listening to this episode of she is wise if you've enjoyed this content please don't hesitate to let us know you can drop a review on your favorite podcast platform share with all your friends don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode to learn more about awakening the wise woman and what we do in the world head on over to awakeningthewisewoman.com. We look forward to seeing you next week.